But the question is that should we chant purely simply for pleasing Krishna, for developing a love for Krishna and from that all qualities will come automatically such as humility or tolerance or should we also make some efforts for developing these qualities separately. Essentially bhakti, at least the way I understand it is, the most important practical, from the practical perspective the principle is anukulyasya sankalpa pratikulyasya vajana. Now I accept what is favorable and I put aside what which is unfavorable. And interestingly, see if you see, these two are called as limbs of surrender. So among the Shadavidha, Sharnagati, this is if there are six things, Anukulis Sankalpa, Patikulis Sevajan, Rakshishiti, Vishwasa, Gopthu, Trevaranatha, Atmanikshepa Karpane, Shadavidha, Sharnagati. So it is a protection that Krishna will protect, the confidence that Krishna will protect, that I am dependent on Krishna. So this, like this, there are six elements. Now, significant is that among these six, the next four are emotions. Whereas these first two are actions. You could say emotions or dispositions. Yes, Krishna will protect me. Krishna is my maintainer. You know, I am nothing without Krishna. Atmanik shape. Now, all these are dispositions. They cannot come automatically. They will take time to develop. So, it's significant that uh, along with these dispositions in surrender, uh, the definition of surrender also includes practical actions. Anukulyasya sankalpa patikulyasya vajan. Accepting that which is favorable and reject, uh, putting aside that is unfavorable. This is very, in one sense, if we have the uh, concept of surrender like Draupadi raising her hand and surrendering. Now, this is quite opposite to that. This is quite resourceful. This is quite, this is quite active. Okay, is this favorable? I'll accept it. Is this unfavorable? I'll, I'll avoid it. So, surrender in that sense is not just passive dependence. Here, surrender is active choosing. I understand, okay, this is favorable, it's not favorable. I actively choose things. So, this aspect of surrender is also very important. And it is not just, uh, he's not uh, talking, Bhakti Thakur elaborates on this also. He's not talking just about some preliminary stage. He's talking about surrender, which is a very advanced stage. So, now, in our practical practice of, uh, practice of bhakti, we have to see how things work. The aspiration is for pure devotion. But at the same time, we have to connect with Krishna. So that means that, uh, I think yesterday I mentioned that, you know, we cannot become pure devotees without becoming devotees. What that means is, okay, I'll give a couple of examples for this. Say, if there is some big problem in my material life, and you know, some huge problem is burdening me, and I think that, you know, oh, I want to, I want to practice pure devotional service. So, I will not pray to Krishna anything about this. And whatever happens, Krishna knows everything, Krishna will take care of everything. And I'll pray only for chanting. I'll pray only to increase my chanting, increase my hearing. And I'll not even mention to Krishna about my material problem. Now, okay, I may think I'm aspiring for pure devotion, but that particular problem is actually occupying a huge place in my consciousness. It is a big burden on my heart. And basically, bhakti is, you know, connect the connection of heart to heart. We want to connect our heart with Krishna. So, something which is anyway having a big place in my heart, if I decide that I will not talk, I will not talk about it with Krishna, I will not pray about it to Krishna, then what is going to happen is, 
a large part of my heart will stay disconnected from Krishna. In our, in our present condition, condition stage, the material things do affect our consciousness. If I get some big disease, if I have a major financial problem, if I have big relationship upheaval, these things consume our consciousness. So if my conception of pure devotion is that, you know, I will not talk anything about my material life with Krishna, I will only focus on bhakti, then a large part of that which is in our heart will stay away from Krishna. So if you focus on the point that I have to develop a relationship with Krishna, so if there is something which is burdening my heart, then you know, I offer that in prayer to Krishna. And then, in this case, the surrender can be that Krishna, this is what I feel is the solution to the problem, but whatever is the solution, whatever is your will, let thy will be done. You know, please give me the strength to serve you. So just speaking it out, you know, or, or praying to Krishna about it, that can quite often unburden the heart, and then we can connect better with Krishna. So what I am saying over here is that pure devotion is our aspiration. But sometimes in trying to stick to the uh, stick to the ideal of pure devotion, you know, even devotion doesn't remain in our heart. Because what happens is the material things do take a lot of a lot of consciousness of mind. And if I think I am not going to think about anything material with Krishna then practically I, I feel I know nothing to connect with Krishna for me. So the problem, it, it can be a problem if I am only asking Krishna for material, this problem is there, Krishna solve this, Krishna solve this, Krishna solve this, and I am not doing any sadhana, I am not praying for, for the increase of my bhakti at all. I am only praying for material things. But so for us in our, in our life, we don't have to, once we have dedicated our life to Krishna, we don't have to make a rigid separation between the material and the spiritual. Because even the material affects the spiritual. So, and even the material can be used in the service of spiritual, the spiritual. So, we definitely need some time for directly spiritual activities. But even the material activities can be spiritualized. So, that way, if uh, this is, I just, this is slightly different from your answer, but I am giving this as an example to illustrate that sometimes uh, talking to Krishna or praying to Krishna about material things with a surrender eventually. Whatever is your will, I'll accept it. But this is what I feel. That surrendered mood can come at the end, but we can express our concern to Krishna. And that way we authentically connect with Krishna. Otherwise, it's just ethereal. I'm thinking of pure devotion, but then my whole consciousness is consumed with just practical problems and I don't know how to deal with them. So similarly, uh, rather than seeing this, any efforts to develop humility or tolerance, as something separate from bhakti. We can see them also as activities which are anukul to bhakti and we accept them. So that way if we do it, it is quite helpful. Now for some of us, we may find that just by chanting, it happens that, okay, all wonderful qualities blossom. But in many cases, it doesn't happen. Sometimes, unfortunately, what happens is, our chanting and our practice of bhakti, it makes us more judgmental instead of more understanding. Now, I follow my standards, I am following strictly, and actually if I am really going spiritually, I should become more empathic towards others. But I become more judgmental towards others. You know, this person is like that, this person is like that, this person is like that. So what is happening is because 
of our past conditionings, we are not able to chant purely. We are not able to practice bhakti purely. So then we are chanting, but we are more becoming judgmental towards others. We are not really becoming compassionate towards others. So then because of our conditionings, we may not be able to access pure bhakti right now. So at that time, doing those things which are anukul for the practice of our bhakti, that is fine. In the Sishila, Prabhupada would say that, one time, I don't remember who now, one of Prabhupada's servants said that one day after they came back from a program, he heard Prabhupada hearing his own lecture. And then he asked Prabhupada, Prabhupada, you are hearing your lecture? Prabhupada says, yes, I was checking what I spoke. I want to, I also learn and I improve. So, now we must say Prabhupada is a pure devotee. Krishna is speaking through him. Why does Prabhupada have to improve? No, but Prabhupada is also seeing from his perspective, what can I do? So, one of my friends has done his PhD in Bhaktisiddhanta Suri Thakur. So, he showed me a book. Now, that was Bhaktisiddhanta Suri Thakur's English vocabulary book. <laughs> you know, like the students learn for GRE or SAT, they learn English words. So, Bhaktisiddhanta Suri Thakur, he wanted to preach in English. So, he was learning English words. He was writing down words and their meanings. So, even an Acharya may have to do what is required for gaining the skills for serving Krishna. So for Prabhupada also, you know, his father had him trained for learning Mrudanga. So now what happens is, when it comes to like, relatively grosser skills like this, say learning English or learning Mrudanga, we understand that it is not just by pure devotion these will come. You know, sometimes somebody may be singing with great devotion, but they may be playing all the Mrudanga steps wrong. It is not necessary that their pure devotion will automatically manifest as right Brudanga beats. So when it comes to things which are little more physical, <laughs> when things are little more physical, we understand that pure devotion won't automatically develop this. I have to put in some efforts to do this. And now we, know, we don't say, hey, why are you doing this? Brudanga no, learning, that is an activity which is anukul to bhakti, very, very well bhakti. So we put in the time for learning Brudanga. So when it comes to qualities, things become a little hazy. There is the body, there is the mind and there is the soul. So when something has to be done for the body, we understand it. That it is what is required, I'll have to do it. But when it comes to the mind, does everything at the level of the mind automatically develop by the practice of bhakti? Means say, as tolerance or humility or whatever qualities we are talking about, uh, which are subtler, they can be of the soul, they can be of the mind. I won't go into that right now. But is it that they will develop automatically? They may or they may not if our practice is not pure. But we have to see what is anukul to bhakti. So in some cases, no, if we learn some principles about how to practice tolerance or how to practice forgiveness, how to practice patience, and those can help us in our practice of bhakti, then we see that as anukul. And we do that. So, these sort of things, they are not substitutes for bhakti. If I start thinking, oh, you know, all that I have to do to improve my relationships is, just, you know, I learn these tips for developing tolerance. Or I learn these tips for, say, public speaking or whatever, for influential speaking. Uh, so, now that is not going to work. But, while we are in a devotee community and we have to work with others, if certain things can help us in 
minimizing conflict or maximizing our productivity, then we can see it as anukul to bhakti. And we can use that in our practice of bhakti. Is that okay? So, should we stop or it's almost 3.45 now? Yeah, one last question and we'll take a break and we'll have a short session after that. It's cool. Thanks, Dr. Kanji.